You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 86. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber, and I'm so excited that you are here today. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about my business and and in a way that I haven't shared a ton about on the podcast. As my business has grown and as I've been able to serve more clients and as I've been able to build up a team, which you guys got to hear from back on episode 83, where I had my team come on and share a little bit about them and how they got involved in the business and what it's like to work for me. And as we've grown and as we've expanded, it has been such an amazing ride, an amazing roller coaster, something I never ever thought that I would do. I am I call myself very much an accidental entrepreneur and it's it's been one of the best things of my life, both in terms of being able to build a business, build a brand that serves people and helps women and allows them to be able to achieve in a way that they never thought possible. I mean, that part of the business is is amazing. And when I see women that I've worked with go on to do these big, huge things because they start to believe in themselves and they start to learn the power of setting goals and they start to realize that they have so much in them. I mean, there is nothing better as a coach to realize that you've been able to touch someone's lives and and be able to change it for the better. Um, and then there's the aspect of owning a business that is so wonderful for my family and being able to have an income that provides for my family, that allows us to be able to do things that maybe we wouldn't be able to do because I have that extra income. And that's been amazing. And it's been amazing to be able to do this all from home. You know, my kids are, they're growing up. My youngest is six. Uh, my oldest is 12. So my kids are getting older, but they're still, you know, they're still at home a lot and they need and want their mom and for me to be able to grow and build a business that I'm able to do from my home and during the time that my kids are at school and that I'm able to be present and there for them when they're home from school. I mean, you know, that's pre-COVID, right? <laughs> now now we do school and work and all the things at home. But um, it's been such a blessing in my life. And it's something that I love to share and I love to talk about. It. And I haven't done it a ton here on the podcast yet. I haven't really you know, I gave you a little bit of a peek into my team uh, a couple episodes ago, but I haven't talked a ton about the business aspect of what I do. And as I've grown, more and more of you are curious. You're, some of you are curious because you're like, it's just fun to learn what other people's lives are like, right? And some of you have this little voice in the back of your head that tells you like, 
hey, it would be kind of cool to start a business, wouldn't that? And then maybe a lot of fear comes up when you when you think about that and you haven't really actually taken action on it. And then there's others of you who are in the, in the throes of it. You're in the thick of it right now and you are either starting or growing a business and you're interested in what maybe it looks like on, you know, on the back end of, of my business. And so because so many of you guys are curious and wanting more information about um, business, I thought I would bring you an episode that we did that I was on my mentor's podcast. I made my first purchase from James almost two years ago, and I joined his program called Business by Design. And since then, I mean, I just loved everything that he had to offer in Business by Design, the way that he coached, the way that he taught, the way that he trained. And I have slowly kind of worked through the different layers and ways that you can coach with him. And so I started with Business by Design. I then moved into his group coaching program, which is called Next Level and was in Next Level for a year. And then just in January, I joined his highest level of coaching, which is called the inner circle. And it's been an amazing ride. I, James has coached and taught and trained in a way that has just resonated so much with me. And it's, it's, he has helped handedly grow my business more than I ever thought that was possible. And he's done that in the way that he coaches. He does that in the way that he um, teaches and, and presents material. And I, you know, I really owe a lot of my business growth to his coaching and mentorship. And because of some of the success that I've been able to have, he invited me onto his podcast to be able to talk about my journey and share some of the things that I learned. And so this is an episode that we're um, resharing where I was interviewed by James on his podcast. And in this episode, I share a little bit about my journey. I share about where I started, what it looked like, and I share what some of that growth has, has looked like. Now, this podcast it aired almost a year ago. So, um, you know, there's definitely like some more stuff that has happened over the last year. There's more growth. There has been more launches, but I think that this gives you a really good snapshot of some of the growth during the first, you know, four years. I'm now into my fifth year of business, but into those first four years and what that looked like. And what my hope is for you is one, if you're just curious and you're just kind of want to know what it's, you know, it's what it's like and what it's about, um, you know, that you can stoke that curiosity a little bit and, and hear a little bit of the back end of my story. Um, but two, for those of you who are in the midst of it, or you are kind of tipping your toe in and thinking, hmm, maybe there's something here. Maybe I would like to start a business or, and maybe there's a lot of fears surrounding that. I want you to listen to this story and recognize that, I didn't just, I think sometimes we find people, right? You may, maybe you just found me recently and you're like, oh, look at all this success. Look at all this growth. And you don't recognize that there has been five years behind it, right? And the five years behind it, um, all the steps that I've taken and the successes and the failures that have occurred along the way that has gotten me to the point that I'm at right now. And so for those of you who are just thinking about starting a business or who maybe are in, you know, in the middle of growing your business and it feels hard and it feels like you're not making traction and it maybe sometimes even feels like you're going backward. My hope is that as I share my story, that you will be inspired and motivated and understand that 
entrepreneurship, just like a fitness journey, is not linear and that it has little sidetracks and it has times you feel like you're going backwards. And then it has these big exhilarating moments when you have these big wins. And um, I mean, that is the path of entrepreneurship. And so I wanted to share this episode because I want you to be able to find yourself in my story. And I want to be able to tell you that it's worth it and that the, the dreams and ambitions and things that you have that you want to create in your life are possible. And that I, you know, that is a message that I will say over and over again in terms of fitness, in terms of business, in terms of just life, that these dreams and these desires that you have in you, these goals that you have or giving you to you for a reason. I truly believe that. And as you follow those desires and as you do hard, uncomfortable, scary things, that the person you become in that process is a person that is the higher, higher version of you. And I truly, truly believe that. So we're going to jump into this episode where I share a little bit of the growth and back end of my brand, Biceps After Babies. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with today's very special guest, Amber Breeze Aki. Amber, how you doing? I'm doing good. Did I nail the last name? Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got the pronunciation. The, the inflection was, you know, Breeze Aki. It's a work in process. Breeze Aki. Breeze Aki. Breeze Aki. Oh, that much better. Amber yep. Breeze Aki. Okay. Yep. Amber, I'm so excited. And I just, I'm really grateful for you taking the time to be here today. I think you're about to inspire a lot of entrepreneurs out there. That's pretty I sure awesome. hope so. Yeah. So let's just start with the basics. And why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what your business is, who you help and how you help them. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm Amber Brzezicki and I am the founder and owner of the brand Biceps After Babies. So I work specifically with women and usually moms to be able to help them to reach their fittest selves. And I really say that, you know, I start with the health and fitness and I start with weight loss, that's my vehicle. But what I really do with women is help them learn how to achieve. And so I find women come to me wanting to lose weight. They come to me wanting to transform their body and I can absolutely help them do that. But I find that once they start to do that and they learn about goal setting and they learn about personal development and they learn about the power of their mind, then it bleeds into other areas of their life. And so what I love so much about what I do is that it's about fitness, but it's not about fitness. It's about helping people to learn how to achieve and to transform other areas of their life. I feel like you and I are very similar in that respect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I resonate with a lot of what you say because of that. Yeah, that's so awesome. Well, you've been able to accomplish some extraordinary results in a very short amount of time. And I really want to get into your story today of how you've transitioned from one to one to one to many, because I cannot tell you how many listeners of this show are doing that. They're coaches or they're maybe they're therapists or they're practitioners. They're doing a one-to-one -one, and they've hit that ceiling just like I know you did. So I want to get into that and get into the nitty gritty of how you were able to make that transition because I think it's a scary transition. Absolutely. I have to imagine that you with four kids and yeah. not having any other prior business experience, folks, that's the thing is I love bringing people like Amber on because I was telling Amber before the show, it's really easy for people to say, well, it's easy for you, James. You know, you've been doing this forever. And it's like, it can also be easy for you because maybe not easy, but simple, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not always easy, but it can be simple. And so hopefully you'll, um, you'll see how Amber was able to do it despite being a mom of four kids and not having previous business experience. So that's amazing. I want to ask though, how did you get into this? 
It was accidental. I am a very much an accidental entrepreneur. Love it. In fact, I remember my dad growing up, he's not an entrepreneur himself, but he wanted us to be entrepreneurs. And so he tried to get us to like start businesses and do window washing and like all the things. And I was, I never, I was like, no dad, like I'm going to go get a job and I'm going to like do the job and I'm going to get yeah. paid and that's it. So I didn't do it like ever growing up, but he always wanted me to. And Three years ago, 2016, I set a fitness goal to get abs for the first time. And I started an Instagram account because I'm like, yeah, that's the thing to do, right? It's like start a fitness Instagram account and track <laughs> my journey. And people started like showing up and people started like asking me questions and people started asking me to coach them. And I was like, um, what? okay, sure, <laughs> sure, yeah. I'll coach you. Like, that sounds kind of fun. And so I did and it grew and by year two i was making six figures and i was like this is crazy like i was really excited and i was you know approaching almost multiple six figures with my one-to-one -one coaching business and i was like i'm so burnt out mm. like i'm so stressed out i had over a hundred clients at no one way one yeah i was at like 125 clients i remember over the summer I was up, we were at a cabin with my family and I'm like sitting here like doing like email responses to all my clients because I had client check-ins and I'm like, what am I doing? Like yeah. I'm running myself to the ground. Like I can't, there was no way I could imagine myself doing that 10 years from now. I was like, I will die. Like it's too much. How do I grow this bigger with just me? Like, And, and I, that's, those are the questions that I think we're going to answer today on this episode, which I'm really excited about. But not yet. Let's let's tease our listeners a little bit more. Okay. What did 125 clients actually look like? Were you doing, you weren't doing like 100 in person. You were doing like. No, it's all online. So it was all like weekly check-ins with clients. With one-on-one. -on -one. Like not like one -on -one. put them all on one Zoom call. No, no, no. I would do like individual responses to each client. And so, oh I mean, I had them staggered, right? So it was like, I would have like Monday through Friday, like. Mm -hmm you know, 20 on each day, but I was spending three to four hours every single day on my laptop, typing responses to clients and like, yep. and doing text, like I did text messages as well. So like I would get, I'd be in the middle of a dinner and I'd get text message oh. from my clients about like, what do I eat now? And like, it was very much all encompassing of my life. Uh, yeah, I could imagine. And what were they paying? Not enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I started very like middle of the barrel with my pricing. So it was like $200 for six weeks. Wow. Um, and I, over time, was able to like, as I got more and more clients, I did. I raised my prices, raised my prices, sure. but I raised my prices like six times and I was still was like tapping out with, you know, a full client load. This um, is, uh, but that's amazing. There's, uh, there's so much amazing about this. First of all, I love this common theme we're hearing with a lot of our case studies with, I'm just, I'm an observer. I'm being the reporter right now. I cannot tell you how many of our case studies of people that entrepreneurs became successful described, not necessarily accidental, but in the same sense, it was like, it wasn't their original intention. They're like, yeah. I started this project out of passion and joy and inspiration and then it turned into something and it's just i have to note it that it's this is another example of that i don't know it's very interesting that um, was totally my experience and then, so we needed help and i wanted to help them yeah and then <laughs> what did you have any fancy stuff like how are you getting these 120 clients are they just reaching so out saying everything was all organic all through instagram like my instagram account grew and every everything was organic it was like people would get you know when people get results they tell their friends and i feel like women have this little niche right like if something works for you then you're going to tell your sister and your sister-in-law and your mother mm -hmm. and like everybody so I, that's how i got all of my clients was just organic so what I'm also hearing 
is that in a very short amount of time, like two years, you built almost a $200,000 a year business using Instagram and just working one-on-one with clients. Yep. That's it. I mean, for a lot of people, that's like, I'll just take that, right? I'll just, right. I'm happy yeah. with that. But what other than noticing that you, that it's not sustainable, was there anything else driving you to go from one to many? So, you know, I didn't even know this term one to many. All I knew was that I was stressed out and I couldn't imagine doing this any longer and that I was at the top of like my earning potential. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I I don't know what to do next. And so I reached out to a coach and worked with her for a little while. And she introduced me to this concept of she's like, well, what you're doing is working, right? Like you're getting results. Like you're working one-on-one with clients. Like we could just take you from the one-to-one to to the one-to-many model. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of that. Like what would that look like? So she kind of coached me on that, on like a group coaching model. And that's, that's the next step that I took was after one to one, I went to one to many and did a group coaching. Okay. So the first thing you did was did a group coaching. What was the price point? What did that look like? So that, that was scary. She pushed me on the price point in that. And I started at a beta at 497 price point. Mm-hmm. And then the next, when I launched it for real, then it was a 997 price point. And at the time you did that, how much was working one-on-one? How much did you get that? So she had pushed me to increase my one-on-one prices too. So it was, it was around, I can't remember, but it was around like four to 500 a month. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So looking back now, I mean, it's scary for all of us when we raise our prices. What advice do you have for somebody around pricing today? Having had that experience? Yeah, that's a, I mean, pricing is a tough issue. There's a whole lot of money mindset that goes into that. And I absolutely can see my transition with money and my relationship with money over the last couple of years and how that has changed. I came from a very lack mindset, Mm. conservative, like, my husband is a physician, but he just barely like finished all of his training. And so we went for 14 years making very little money living in California with four kids. So I come from this lack mindset of like, everything's expensive. I can't afford it. Like that's my mindset. And so when it came to pricing, that was something, a big hurdle that I had to get over. Um, because, because you assume that, that everyone's the same as you. Exactly. This is, yep. I mean, I've talked about this yep. before, but your beliefs about money, you tend to, as an entrepreneur, you tend to superimpose them on other people. Like, I don't want people to look at me and say, oh, James can't afford that. Like, that's your stuff. Don't put that on me. Don't tell me what I can or cannot afford. But yeah. I, I really get that. So I remember when I was in that place, so I have to assume you were sitting there going, well, money's tight for me. So mm-hmm. I couldn't possibly ask other people for money because it's tight for them as well. Well, and part of me was like, I felt such a kinship to the people in the same situation as me. So like Mm -hmm. other moms who like were stay at home moms who had husbands who were still going through training, like I felt such a kinship to them. and like wanting to serve them that it felt, it felt hard to raise my prices because then I, I was like leaving them behind and it was almost like leaving me behind when I, so how did you, how did you grapple with that? So, you know, having somebody to push me was key, Mm -hmm. like having somebody outside of my realm being like, no, you can do this and and pushing me to to say I'm going to do it and and then follow through was huge. But it's just it's been a work in progress, reading books about money, listening to podcasts about money, really getting clear on what my beliefs are and Mm -hmm. how like they are just beliefs. Right. Like that (laughs) has been crazy for me to understand the difference between a fact and a belief and coming to terms with, oh my gosh, that thing that I thought my entire life, that's a belief and I could change it today. Like I could choose to change that belief today was huge. That's so freeing when people so start freeing. to get that. 
when people get that, you're just, you're free because you realize it's those beliefs that are the, are the things that put you in a prison anyways. So this is beautiful. This is amazing. In a nutshell, how would you describe your relationship with money right now? Right now, I am much more, my husband, my husband actually likes it because he's always been a little bit more abundant mindset than I am. He now, he like will say it. He's like, oh, I love this new abundant you. I love mm. this like abundant Amber. So I, I feel like my relationship with money now is that like there's enough and, mm. and this, and I've talked about this at our next level event, but like, I feel like money comes in and money goes out and money comes in and money goes out. And before when the money went out, that was very fearful to me. Yeah. The money going out was always scary. And I feel like I've gotten to the point now where I understand the ebbs and flows that like, yeah, money goes out and then it comes back. And then it goes back out and then yep. it comes back in. And I'm not scared with that ebb and flow now. Mm, I think that's so beautiful. And I hope someone here listening will take that beyond just a concept because I've used this um, metaphor of treating money like air. You know, yeah. air has to be breathed in and out. And when you're breathing air out, which is necessary for survival, because you can't just hold your breath and hold it in. When you breathe air out, like you don't, sit in fear going, will more air come in? Will more oxygen come into my lungs? You know. And I know it's easier said than done. I didn't say this would be easy, but it's a beautiful, simple metaphor or analogy for how we can adopt a better relationship with money. Money is meant to flow out and you have to be okay to let it flow out because if you're not okay letting it flow out, what you're really saying is I don't have enough and you get what you focus on. So you say, I can't let it go means you don't have enough. And if you focus on not having enough, you'll never have enough. Boy, I think, and that's the thing is just to talk about this for a moment, I think most people are like starting to get, oh, okay, this is about like mindset and all this weird woo-woo stuff that James talks about. And so when they go to fix their relate or affect or change their relationship with money, they focus on getting more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what if all you did was heal the part of you, that experience of letting it go? And that's where I think the most profound impact was had in my life was being okay with letting it go out because you know that if you let it go out you know more is going to come back in so that's really awesome that you said that and entrepreneurship kind of forces you into that sometimes (laughs) doesn't it facebook ads right like i've just learned i got to put money in and i get money out Mm -hmm. like that's just kind of how it works building a team you put money in you get money out and i've learned it now enough times and seen it work that i can believe that it will work in the future as well yes that always makes it easier when you when you've seen evidence when of it. have evidence. Uh-huh. And you know, but you don't, that's the thing is you don't. But you don't that. need evidence. You don't need the evidence. And that's yeah. the thing is most people are walking around saying, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And you know, that's the opposite, right? It's, yep. it's you see it because you believed it first. So yep. this is great. So you did the group coaching program. You started mm-hmm. at 497 and then you went to 997. How was your experience with all of that? What type of results were you getting? Yeah, so, so I launched that program four times and I felt like, you know, I did very well. I was really happy with it. I started out at, you know, a 15 K launch was my beta launch, which is nothing to like laugh at. Like that was a five figure launch. I was super proud of that. Yeah. What was that experience like when that was all said and done? So I, you know, I was, that was like 35 women that I got into this program. I was, you know, still creating it as I was, you know, putting it out there for them. So it felt like that was a good amount of women. I was like, I can, I can deal with this amount. Like I can serve these women. I had built out the team so that I had other coaches in my program that were doing like the one-on-one type stuff. And I was doing more of the group because I want, I didn't want to lose that one-on-one, like checking in every week with, Mm -hmm. with fitness is really valuable. 
And so I had three coaches and I'm like, okay, cool. We did 35 women this time. Like we can scale this. Like I can scale this. Each of my coaches can take on 30 clients. Like we can get to like a hundred clients. So I was all revved up and all set up. And then launch number two comes and we got 15,000 again. It was like, mm. I got, I doubled the price and got half the number of students. Right. And so that was a little bit of like, a, you know, what am I doing? Like I was already, <laughs> I was already growing. scared to raise the yeah. price. <laughs> yeah. I was already scared to raise the price. And then it was kind of like my fears were confirmed that when I raised the price, I got half the number of students and I ended up netting the same amount. Mm hmm. And so then around that time I joined BBD and I'm like, okay, we're going to like, we're going to do this. I like took some of the stuff and I had my biggest launch yet. It was 24,000. <laughs> so at nine, nine, seven at nine, nine, seven. So, so an increase, right? Yeah. Like an increase, yeah. not a huge increase, but I'm like, okay, we're, we're like trending upward. Right. So then my fourth launch, I'm all excited. We're going to get a hundred clients. Like I have it all like mapped out. It's all ready. And I get a, it was a 17 K launch. So it was like, <laughs> yeah. I just felt like there was this glass ceiling that I was like, yeah. I cannot break through this glass ceiling. Like what, what is wrong? What, how do I move past this? And so, you know, you turn into those inward things of like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what should right. I be doing instead? Like, this is not how it's supposed to go. Everybody else says that they double their launches every time. And I'm not sitting here doubling my launches. And, you know, all of those things were kind of going around in my head. And that kind of brings us to like the beginning of, of 2019 mm. of kind of where I was in the mindset that I was in January in 2019. Okay. So take a, just take us straight to there. Okay. You so made some, you made some changes, right? So I made some changes. So James always teaches that if something, you know, if, if it's not working, if it's not scaling, it's, there's two things to look at. There's the offer and there's the messaging. Mm -hmm. And deep in my heart, I knew that both were off. Wow. I, I knew that I needed to fix both. And so I did that. So I, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm a tenacious person. Like if someone told me, no, Amber, you just got to keep launching this. And like, you're going to, you'll get there. Like I would have kept doing it. I launched it four times. Like it wasn't me just like trying to give up, but I knew that I needed to pivot and it was a very intentional pivot. And so that pivot for me looked like taking the things that I had worked on over the last year and reformatting them and repurposing them into a new offer. So I created a new offer that was much a lower price point. It was much more hands-off and much more self-led course style rather than like a group coaching model. And so I created that offer and then I got really clear on my messaging and how I was speaking to people and how I was talking about my product and how I was talking about the transformation. And with those two things aligned the heavens opened and <laughs> I just finished out an 80 K launch. Come on. <laughs> so. That's so exciting. Was this the first time you did that? The new offer? So I did. So I did a beta launch okay. in February and that was, I very intentionally kept that very, very quiet. I think that was um, smart by the way to do that. Be because I have a very large audience. Yep. I have a, you know, a sizable email list. Yep. I didn't want a ton of people in this beta. So I, I limited it by, having it be a paid webinar into, um, nice. into it. How much did so you that, charge for the webinar? So the webinar was just 20 bucks yep. and I ended up having like 240 people in it. And I ended up converting around, uh, it was like between 10 and 15%. I ended up having like 30, 35 women come yeah. into the beta, yeah. which was perfect. That was what I wanted. So I think I ended up grossing like $10,000 from that, but it was, well, I knew that that was setting me up for Could my you, big launch. Okay. Well, that's what I wanted to ask too. When you did the beta or when you made the offer for the beta, you got your 35 women. Did you have a sense then that this offer was more aligned for you? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You knew even back in February. 
Yeah. And I knew as I was putting it together, I just knew that I had grown so much over the last year. Mm-hmm. I had grown as a coach yeah, and I was able to revisit those things. Cause I just, I basically repurposed content. Like I had already created a lot of the content, but I repurposed it. And because I was in a different space myself and as a coach, I was able to just craft it better wow. and get people the same results with less time Isn't that awesome? and, and less energy. That's so cool. So when I finished it, I was like, yes, this is it. Like, well, I've had, um, I've had a lot of students ask me, you know, I'm about to launch my beta. What are the indicators that will tell me? Cause the, the whole point of the beta is really to test, right? To see, am I doing the right thing? And they asked me, what are the indicators that will tell me that this is the right offer to keep pursuing? Do you have any advice that, that told you like, I know this is right? It felt right. Yeah. It is a and feeling. Was, I, I mean, I know that's hard yeah. for people to hear, but it is so much a feeling. It was. And I don't regret what I did in, in 2018, Good. creating and launching that group coaching program so many times, because even though it never felt a hundred percent right, it gave me the tools and the like learning that I needed before I was going to be able to create this offer. Right. And so I don't regret anything, but definitely when I finished it, I was like, yes, like this is how I wanted to say it. This is how I wanted to present it. This is how it, it just felt like this was on brand on Mm. alignment with me. And that was something that one of the coaches had brought up to me. I was feeling so out of alignment in the end of 2018. I was like, if you tell me I need to launch this again, I'll do it. But I just, I feel so conflicted. Like I just feel this like confliction within me. And she's like, if you're feeling that out of alignment, like your customers are going to be feeling that. And she's absolutely right. And once I got this new offer, I was like, yes, I feel in alignment with the price. I feel alignment with the process. I feel alignment with all of it. Let's go. Like, let's do, let's do the big launch. And what is the price? What was the price point on the new offer? So this was a 297 price point. Mm-hmm. So a much lower price point, which I have found the fitness industry is kind of funny with like price yep, points. Totally. Uh, you would, I would think be- that like health and fitness would be like worth lots and lots to people, but it, people are stingy with. <sighs> yeah. No, no. It's, it's like, no, I'll, I'll, um, you know, I'll save money and eat poorly and not take care of myself. And then when I'm 70, I'll spend all my money on, on yeah. uh, trying okay. to fix myself. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, whereas this is just preventative, you know, to stay healthier, live longer and whatnot. That's how, you know, this is how most people in society work. But yes, I would say that I think that's great that you mentioned this. I tell people, don't be the Walmart in your industry. Okay. Yeah. Raise your prices. But you have to understand that this is contextual to the industry and the market that you're in and that raising your prices, if you're teaching business owners or serving business owners in some way, you could have 20, 30, 40, $50,000 offers. Like we have a $50,000 offer in our business. You're in the fitness space. We're talking about people that buy eBooks for 20 bucks. So right. going to 297 already actually is a higher yeah. ticket program. Yep. Like I have a fitness membership. I pay 30 bucks a month for it. I love it. I'll like, I'll never cancel 30 bucks a month is a no brainer for me, but for most people, that's kind of the threshold. Yep. And, um, yeah. so even at two ninety seven, you're at, you're at a, you're not a Walmart price right there. No, no, it isn't. That was hard for me for a while because I do like listen to other podcasts and I do like watch other business owners and, and the business to business is different than the business consumer. And I think even business to consumer is different in the fitness space. Completely. And so coming to terms with that and like being like, okay with, yeah, like it's a 297 product, which first a lot of people are like, oh, that's a super low price course in the fitness space a lot of people can get a one-to-one coach for $300. Like, and so I, I come up against that. Like, why should I buy this course if I can get a one-to-one coach 
yep. for the same price. Yep. Totally. And it's a different market, so it's just a different territory. But understand, if you think about like, okay, let's say, so I'm serving online entrepreneurs, right? How many online entrepreneurs are there, like in the marketplace? And then how many people are there out there that want to lose weight? And the thing yeah, is, is there's, true. there is not just a volume, a more volume in the health and fitness space, but it's a more consistent volume. Like you'll never run out of people <laughs> who want to lose weight. And there'll be someone that right now is currently in great shape. And then in a year from now, they're going to be looking for weight loss advice because something happened, right? So it's just a different environment. And that's why, you know, know your market, know what works and know what doesn't. So this is so exciting. And so first of all, like huge congrats. I'm so excited and so happy for you that you found this launch messaging and offer alignment. Cause I think that's just part of the journey. And mm -hmm. because what was the word you use, but you're just so, um, I like to use the word stubborn, but tenacious, you're not willing to give up and yeah. that's what it takes. People do their first launch and they say, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a home run. I give up and notice here in listening to Amber, how she was willing to do something over and over again and try something different until she found something that worked for her and not give up on that. That's the process. Yeah. So and um, it was crazy yeah. when it all came into alignment too, because it, I went into this knowing that it was going to be a big launch. I, I felt like it, like this is going to be it. I'm going to have my 60 K launch, which has been on my vision board mm. for a year. Yep. <laughs> I've wanted that 60 K launch. Like that's been my, my milestone. And on our card open day, we did 52,000 oh, and I, and yeah. I was like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, like it came out of nowhere to me. It was like, yeah, I had this goal for like 60,000 and we ended up blowing that out of the water and, and hit 80 K. And it was really what it was just like the, all the things came into alignment yeah. the offer the messaging me and the place I was at in my business. And it just all, it all worked. That's so awesome. And uh, I'm sure your husband is super ecstatic. He's very excited. Yeah. He's like, when are we going to do this again? Right. And now <laughs> um, you're pacing pretty well for 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my revenue goal is 400 K mm -hmm. for And And feeling good about that. And I'm feeling good about it. That's amazing. So there was a little bit of this dip in this transition to go from one to one to one to many, but just to like finalize here for somebody listening, who's in that same place that you were back in 2016, 2017, where you'd maxed out on one-on-one -on -one clients. What advice do you have for them if they're sitting here at the edge of the cliff, ready to make that leap from one to one to one to many? Yeah. Let me tell you, having been there, it is hard to cut the one to one ties mm. because it was it was steady. It was like I need a little extra money. I pick up in a couple extra clients and it was just like I it was always there. I didn't have to do a whole lot of work. I didn't have to pay for Facebook advertising like it was just this steady stream, but it took up all my time. Yeah. And I didn't have time to do anything else. And I knew that if I wanted to grow larger, I had to be able to have time to do other things. And that would mean cutting back on the one-to-one -one clients. But the hard thing about that is that the cutting back has to happen first. Like I have to cut yes. back on clients to create the space to then create something else. And that's a scary place to be yeah. because I was generating a lot of money. And now what I'm saying is, no, I'm gonna cut my client load in half. So I now my revenue is gonna fall by half to now create time to then hopefully in the future, create something else that's gonna generate more revenue. And it's a scary place to be. Yeah. So I've been there, like I know what that feels like. And I can say, James always says that you have to slow down so that you can speed up. And that is exactly what happened for me. I cut back my one-to-one -one clients. I created more space and I generated less revenue in 2000, 
2018 than I did in 2017, Mm -hmm. almost like 60 K less in revenue. And so that was kind of hard. It was like, I almost had reached that 200,000 in 2017. And then in 2018, we're like back to just like down in this like low six figures. But I knew that I had to be looking forward and that I had to be looking past just that year because I couldn't scale that anymore. And so here we are now in 2019 and I'm going to double what I did in 2017. I'm so glad you bring that up because I remember where I was. Uh, My one-on-one was me doing bartending services and people would pay me to go bartend their weddings and private events and it sucked. I hated it but it paid the bills Yep. and it was easy to get clients. I was ranked number one in Google. If you typed in Orange County bartender or bartender for hire in any town in Orange County, even outside of Orange County, people would find me and I was getting at least a call a day. I was turning down gigs because I was like, no, I'm just too busy. And I had other bartenders working for me and I remember when I stopped and it was that exact same experience where you have to like grasp or conceptualize or accept this this inevitability that you're gonna have a decline before you have an increase, exactly yeah. like you did. And what a beautiful demonstration of faith when you make that leap, when you say, I'm going to say no to these extra clients and this extra money because I know in the future it will pay off. And that's unfortunately, this is gonna be a hard pill for some to swallow, as scary as it was for Amber, she did it because she knew it would work out. Yep. Scary, 100%, and she did it anyways. Whereas most people will not do it, and it's deep down, it's because they don't actually believe that they'll be able to do it. We will not actually, there's a beautiful quote by Richard Bandler, it says something to the effect of, if you don't fully 100% believe in the outcome, or believe that it's possible, you won't actually do what it actually takes to get the result. And that's a perfect example of it. If it's it's scary, 100%, but you'll do it, you'll make the leap if you know, if you believe that the outcome is gonna, is gonna happen, it's gonna be possible. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this because I hear in the, in the online space a lot about burn the boats, right? Like you gotta burn the boats so that you can't go back and like, you know, you gotta move forward and go towards what you want. But one of the things that helped me back then and may help somebody else was that in the back of my mind, I just said, I can always go back. Like if I needed to get revenue, if I needed to generate some Mm -hmm. revenue, I could put it out on my Instagram and I could get some more one-on-one clients. And so for me having that, you know, maybe I didn't burn all the boats, but having this little boat back here that was like a little safety boat gave me the confidence to be like, you know what, if it doesn't work, I can always go back. And that for me helped me to, to move forward. Yeah, this is a great topic because, you know, I challenge everything. So even when I hear advice like that, I'm going to I'm going to challenge it. I think there's a couple of things in play here. First of all, there's people that are, tend to be more like pain and consequence motivated versus more like positive motivated. So the person that's saying burn the boats tends to say that because they're the type of person that when things, you know, like ish hits the fan, when things get bad that really motivates them, that really moves them. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that, like me, I'm, I'm not really that, like, that motivated by that. I see a big, positive, bright outcome, and that actually is all I need to move towards that. And so, for me, I'm always gonna take a very strategic and intelligent approach to business, which is 
I think burn the boats in this context is, what's the word I'm looking for? Reckless. It's reckless. So burning the boats in this context would be sending an email and announcing to your entire audience, I'm no longer taking any more one-on-one clients ever again. Why would you do that? Just make the decision to say, well, to say first, how many clients do I need in order to like maintain revenue for the next 12 months? Great, I'm only gonna do that. And now I've just given myself three hours a day or whatever to work on this new business. Great. You're being smart about it. I'm always going to be, how do we mitigate and minimize risk as much as possible? You're going to have to make that jump from one to one to one to many. If you want to, of course, you don't have to ever go to one to many. You could stop where Amber stopped there and be totally fine with that. But if, if you want to go to one to many, you're going to have to make a jump. My message is why not make that gap, that Canyon as small and narrow as you possibly can. Someone asked me, Teresa Lowe asked me on my podcast, and we did this two-part story of James's history. Like, you talk about this phrase, leap in the net will appear. It's this old Zen saying. You've probably heard me say it until it just sounds like I'm a broken record. Leap in the net will appear. James, what, she asked me, what was, what's like the biggest leap you've taken? And I laughed. I said, if I'm being honest, I don't really think I've ever taken a big leap. I just keep taking one step after another, one step in front of another. And then people look back and say, whoa, you've grown so much. It's like, yeah, I just took one step in front of the other for 11, 12 years straight. So that's my philosophy on that. It sounds like a similar to your perspective as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that was that was reassuring for me. Yeah, so. well, you I didn't know, go back, but I could have always gone back. Know thyself is this whole idea of like, get obsessed with finding out what motivates you, what works for you, what, what works for developing new habits and new behaviors, you know, and just, just really, you know, notice that. Now, for me, I'm also, commitment is a big deal for me. So when I say yes to something and I commit to it, in my mind, I'm burning my, in the boats in that I won't go back unless, you know, there's just no way out, you know? So I, if we're using this as an actual example, like the burning the boats metaphor is like when you go to battle and the, the men on the boats, the soldiers on the boats go to the shore and they're going to go attack the neighboring village. They burn the boats because they're saying we can't retreat. That's, so that's where it's coming from, just for listeners that, that didn't get the reference. And so the thing is, is I would need to burn the boats because I'm just going to choose not to retreat. Mm. And you, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's like yes. have them there because it'll give you peace of mind but I'm gonna choose not to give up. And that's what commitment is. And I've talked about this in the Business by Design group, that I think commitment is this word that's being just tossed around like those free flyers in Las Vegas. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about here, right? They just throw it around. I'm committed, I'm committed, I'm committed. And committed now means, well, if when I feel like it, you know, no, that's not commitment. Commitment is like, for example, Amber, you have four kids. Is it not true that you are absolutely committed to their health and safety that no matter what happens an economic collapse a natural disaster heaven forbid you are committed that you will do whatever it takes to keep them safe 100 it's not even a question nope that's commitment it's not well i'm tired well i don't feel like it today or game of thrones is on or something like that people are saying they're committed but then other things get in the way And if you take that same energy, that same level of commitment that someone like Amber would have or any parent would have about their kids, and you start applying that to the vision of your business, you don't even need to talk about burning the boats because you're not even looking behind you. You're not looking back. You're just doing, you know, you're just making it happen. So the thing is, is like, Amber, I really get a sense after getting to know you this year that that's just about who you are. And um, absolutely. 
the thing is, is that's what it takes. I have to assume we didn't ask. I don't know if it's inappropriate to ask if you got the six pack after the babies, but that was your goal. I have to assume you either got it or got very close because I you got it. You, of course you got it because she <laughs> takes that same level of tenacity and commitment. And when she focuses it and applies it, she does whatever it costs, whatever it takes to hit the outcome. And the fact of the matter is, is that's not how most people are approaching a business. And then they wonder why they're not getting the results because you're not actually doing what it takes. You're not having the follow through. You're not operating from that place of commitment. And so it's not even a surprise to me that you are where you are in such a little bit amount of time. It's so much less about what you know and what skills and what secrets that the gurus are teaching or withholding and so much more about who you are and what you're about and how you show up when you're working on your business. Because as a mom of four, how many hours a day can you even allot to your business? I have two and a half hours between the time that I drop my son off at preschool time I pick him up. Wow. So sometimes I'm putting in a couple other hours during the day, but like my two and a half hours is like my block to work Monday through Friday because I don't work weekends because that was a commitment my husband and I made together. So not a ton. Yeah. And now you've given me like 45 minutes on this call. So I want to give you (laughs) the rest of your day back. So this has been amazing. Any, Any final words before we wrap up? Just that. I think what James said about commitment, like that absolutely rings home. And it's one of the things that, that I love to pass on to my clients. And like Mm -hmm. I said, kind of to bring it full circle, what I talked about at the beginning to me, fitness is the vehicle, but what I'm teaching people is that commitment is that you continue to show up. Is that when it it does you like you do three workouts and you don't have a six pack yet, like you keep going because the six pack is three months down the road, not after three workouts. And when you can really look at it as the long term of, this is where I want to go. And I really resonate when James says your success is inevitable. Like I've always gone into business thinking like, yeah, of course it is. Like, do people not believe their success is inevitable? (laughs) Because maybe that's like (laughs) really high minded of me, but I'm always like, of course my success is inevitable. And I want to pass that onto my clients and Mm. onto the people who are in my sphere of influence, because I truly believe that we as women and we as people have so much power inside of us and we just hold ourselves back so darn much that I want to be able to have people let that out and say, yeah, your success, whatever you want in life, you can do it. Like you, you got it. I love this. I love this so much. Cause you're just like, you're leading by example. You're taking a stand. You're being the leader to your people. You're showing them. I'm the proof of what's possible. And that's what it takes. That's what it takes. That's why, because you believe in yourself so much and believe in them so much, that's why they're all joining. Yeah. And, and darn um, it, I didn't know that entrepreneurship was going to be like this much fun. Had I known that this was like yes. this much fun and like this much growth, yep. I would have done it a lot sooner right? than I did it. Right? I'm yeah. glad I fell into it. I know. I'm glad you did too. So this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Amber. Where can we follow you? Should we go to Instagram? Yeah. Instagram's my platform of choice. I'm there at Biceps After Babies. I also have a podcast, Biceps After Babies Radio. Love and it. then I'm also on Facebook. But Instagram is definitely my platform of choice. Amber, you're amazing. Thank you so much. We're going to link all that up in the show notes. So please, guys, do me a huge favor. If anything that Amber has shared with you today has touched, moved, or inspired you in some way, let her know. Blow up her DMs for a week or so and share with her how her message and her journey is impacting you. Because I know that'll make a difference. You can really get a sense that she's all about inspiring and changing the lives of the women that come to her in her community. But how much more amazing is it when she gets to have that ripple effect and inspire even other entrepreneurs and business owners, even if you're like not even engaged in health and fitness. I think that's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. So uh, That'd be amazing. Yeah, thank you guys and thank you, Amber. 
I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I hope that you got some value out of it. And maybe for some of you, it's starting to make you a little curious and thinking about what it would look like for you to start a business, something that you could do from home, something that you could do to serve other people and teach other people. And if that is the case, then I would love to invite you over to a brand new Facebook group that I just created. It's called Business After Babies. And we are starting to build a community of women over there who are interested in starting and or growing and or scaling their online business. And so if that's you and you would like to come join a community of women. I'm sharing a little bit more in depth things that I wish I would have known when I started my business and kind of helping some of you guys get going. So if that's interesting to you, come over to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash biz, B-I-Z, and that'll direct you to the Facebook group. You can come and join that group. Come join the conversation that we're having over there. It is fun to be able to chat with women who get it, who are moms and have families and also have business dreams and aspirations and who are really trying to create that freedom that they want. So again, that's bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash biz, and that will redirect you to come join us over in the Facebook group and talk more things business after babies. Last, if this is an interesting topic to you, will you let me know? Shoot me a DM on Facebook or on Instagram and let me know if you're interested in hearing more about business topics or if you're like, girl, just stick to the fitness. Um, I love to hear feedback from you guys. I love to see screenshots. If you love this episode and you want to share it with maybe somebody who is starting a business or thinking about starting a business, take a screenshot, send it to them in a text message or post it on your social media and make sure that you tag me. I love to know what you guys love so that we can put more of it into the podcast. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.